Hey, would you give a warm welcome to Bill Allison as he comes and uh, shares with us this morning? Good morning, everyone. Hey, would you open up to the book of Revelation chapter 12? <gasps> it's going to get apocalyptic. Here we go. You ready? Revelation chapter 12. Let's pick it up in verse 7. Are you ready? And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. You know who this is? Satan. It's Genesis uh, right away, you see Satan. Here, and it's interesting, picks up the story here in Revelation, so last book of the Bible. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, underline that, and was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He, hurt, he was hurled to earth and his angels were with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accusers of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night have been hurled down. Now pay close attention to verse 11. They overcame him. Who's him? The ancient serpent, the devil. They overcame him, here we go, by the blood of the lamb. Friends, that is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was Jesus' blood that won the victory. But check this out. And... Not just by the blood of the lamb, but and by their, the word of their testimony. People who have been redeemed by Jesus Christ now testify to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, thus defeating the devil. And then another reason in verse 11, they did not love their lives so much they were afraid of death. <laughs> Friends, check this out. We, when we testify about how Jesus Christ has changed our lives, anybody, anybody had a life change in their life through Jesus Christ? Raise your hands. Then you have been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blood, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we are to tell that story. And when we tell that story, it's one of the key factors in defeating Satan. Friends, listen to me. Tonight, today, I want to tell you my story, but I'm a very, very well aware that if you know Christ as your Savior, you have a story too. So let me tell you a little bit of my story. How, how in the world did I end up here on a Sunday morning in church when I didn't have any idea who God was for most of my early life. Well, let me start at the beginning. I was born at a very early age. <laughs> good, you're, you're awake, stay awake. All right, very good. Yeah, you were born at a very early age too. I think I was zero. And, uh, and so, uh, but he, from that moment on, I was born into a very non-Christian uh, background. My mom and dad uh, lived the wild life when they were young teenagers and 
Uh, my mom became pregnant out of wedlock, and, and she decided that she wanted to marry uh, my father. And that didn't work out very much because everybody drank like crazy. I'm not talking about social drinking here. I'm talking about extreme alcoholism. I mean, that's really what it was. My, if there was one thing that my family did, even though they were very, very poor, uh, they found a way to drink a lot and party hard. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying because this is nothing's changed in all these years, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. So I didn't have the benefit of being born and raised in a Christian home, and I didn't know anything about God. I didn't, you know, how sad is this? As, as a child, I never heard this most simple Bible verse that explains the most beautiful thing that God did. John 3.16. Let's say it together because that's such a beautiful. We sang it. Let's say it. All right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, what a great verse. It's the gospel in one verse. And we see what happens when people receive that. They tell their story. And that's that's part of what all of us have to do. That's part of our job to do that. Not only does it defeat Satan, but it brings people to Jesus. And because everything was so jacked up in our family, um, you know, not, nobody had ever graduated. Just to give you, everybody drank a lot. My, my aunt and uncle, my mom was the last of 14. One of my uncles uh, bought a tavern in town. And uh, that's where everybody went. I mean, everybody, everything was, uh, every, not, not just on the weekend partyings, it was like crazy. My earliest memories are everybody blasted and, uh, and out of their mind drunk. Um, so many of people in my family uh, shortened their lives because of, of just giving themselves over to alcohol. And so I was destined to repeat that cycle, but I was rudely interrupted by the grace of God. And that's how you move from there. So it, it, part of another problem was uh, we were, nobody had ever graduated from high school in my family. And uh, I was the first one, and I barely made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, my grades were so laughable, right? It's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. There was, I, I almost didn't even make it through, and uh, the bar was pretty low, and I, you know, I, I, I confess to you today that I failed history, I failed English, both of which I'm now certified by the state of Illinois to teach. Because <laughs> isn't that what God does? Isn't that what God does? Uh, but that's, it, it, but I, it was too late for me in high school to do that. And, and so, really, seriously... I just couldn't wait to get out, and they, I almost did not get out of, of high school with a diploma, but God began to work in my life, and it began to change the way I think about everything, and that's the story I want to tell you. I could go on and on about all the craziness in my family, and it still exists. You know, I'm just between you and me, I bet you that when you go to your family reunion, you know, it's not quite like what we have. I can hug more felons in one family reunion than you can in a quite, quite long time. That's just who we are. People drink. Everything's illegal. We do everything. People take shortcuts. It's, it's all kinds of things. And I was destined to be that way. But Jesus Christ 
came into my life. And here's the story. You might remember some of this. I'm just going to touch back to a time earlier last year when I, ta- when I told you my story. I'm in the faith because of two bartending women. My mother was one because once my father divorced and my mom and divorced him, uh, she went to get a job. And we were born in the projects, and she went to get a job at a tavern. And it was her friend who eventually came to Christ, her bartending friend. And guess what she did? The most beautiful thing you could ever do. When God touches your life and brings you into the family of God, you want everybody to be in the family of God. And this woman chased my mom down to the point where eventually she heard, my mom heard the gospel enough, and one day my mom received Jesus Christ as her Savior. I was a young boy at that time, and uh, I remember how different things were. Out went the alcohol, even though my stepfather was uh, a raging alcoholic by this time as well, too. But my mom was like, all excited about this relationship we got. All I could remember was just these Bibles being open, and my mom had a lot more joy in her life. And, uh, and even though it was a rough going for her being married to a, a second alcoholic, I just, she was so excited. When my mom got saved, she took us to church. We had, I, I didn't know John 3.16. I didn't know anything about who God was. And all of a sudden, mom took us to church. She, some of her friends, she didn't know what church to go to. There's a lot of churches in our town. And somebody just said, Go to a church, and if the pastor opens up the Bible and talks, teaches the Bible, go to that church. That's what they said. So my mom went to this little Baptist church, first time I'd ever been in church. I'd never been in church before. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it was, woo, pretty boring. And uh, when you're, when you're, I've already had ADD, right? I mean, I'm, I mean, I already have all these things. I can hardly keep my attention. So my mom sat us down in a pew, and, and I didn't know what a pew was, but she sat us down, and she bought me some church clothes, and we're, we're kind of, my first, you know, experience at church, you know, of sitting in this pew next to my mom, and, and she's got her Bible out, and, and I'm just taking in the architecture, the stained glass windows, and uh, I'm just trying to keep myself from getting in trouble because I got all these issues. I'm a you know, very short attention span. I'm probably eight years old, nine years old, whatever it is, and, uh, and all of a sudden, church started. And they were some, like, crazy organ music. I'm like, what? Sounds like somebody died, you know. You know, I was a child of the 70s. I, I preferred uh, 70s rock and roll. And, uh, and so here, here, here's this thing. And all of a sudden, the, everybody stands up, and they start, they grab these books, and they start singing these songs. Wow. That was pretty slow, too. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and I, I could not find the melody to any of these songs. I couldn't. I didn't know any of these things. It was such a, like an out-of-body experience. And then uh, finally, uh, they took an offering, and I was like, what? Why does God need money? I just had, had nothing. You know, it, I was I'd never, just everything was so crazy to me. At some point, a guy got up, and he started to talk. And he talked. And, he t- and I thought I was going to die. It was so long. I never heard anybody talk that long. Even my teachers at school didn't talk that long. I just thought, man, is this thing ever going to stop? And I was looking around. I just was so bored, and I was trying to be good because my mom brought me to church. It's her first time in church. And I looked over at her, and this is my mother. She's got her Bible. It's a little King James Bible and a zipper thing, and it had some pictures of Israel in it, you know, that kind of thing. But it was just... And she's down, she's sitting in the pew, and she's leaning forward, and she's listening to this. I didn't, I was like, what is she doing? She's writing like crazy. And I look at her, and I'm like, oh, she's looking at this guy up there talking. She's getting a lot out of it. 
She's so excited about it, she's writing notes in her Bible. I didn't even know if God liked that. Like you're writing in his book. And then I looked around at the rest of the congregation. Can I be honest with you? Much of the people I saw were doing this. Some people do this. You're like, how much more time am I going to be here? There were a few people that kept turning around to look. You know why? The clock was there. So I'm, I'm, this is what I'm thinking to myself. I'm thinking to myself, why are you even here? You look eager to get out of here. I look at her. She's excited to be here. I'm like, I'm with her. That's why I'm bored, right? And it was, like, it was just like a moment when I realized, I'm very glad what happened to my mom. She was a different woman. You know what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says? If anyone is in Christ, if anyone hears the gospel about God's great love and Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and you personally receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you are a new creation. And just to make sure what that is, the old is gone. The new has come. Friends, that's the power. That's how God changes his you know, crazy people who are all in for drugs, all in for partying, all in for every crazy sinful thing you can do. By the way, doesn't that sound like today? It sounds exactly like today. And it's so crazy how God can take someone like that, so broken, and comes to Christ. And what does God do? They sit on the edge of their pews, cannot wait to learn about Jesus. I don't know. I didn't know anything about God, but what I knew as a child was, God, it must be good. And look at how he has given joy to my mom. And she was, first thing she did was quit the tavern. I mean, she just immediately, you talk about repentance. In the words of my stepfather, quote, the most changed woman I have ever known. Friends, that's the only hope for this country and this world. And we act like, well, I've already heard all this stuff, and I know about Jesus. Did you, you guys, listen. So many Christians think if we can just get the right politician in the White House... This country's going to be okay. Friends, there is no political solution to what ails our country and this world. The only hope for America and this world is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Let's not put our hopes in crack cisterns, as it says in Jeremiah. This is why I think we all need to tell our story. Some of you, I wished, I wished everybody had my wife's testimony. Because remember, that's how we defeat Satan. I, I want all my kids, I don't want them to have my story or my mom's story. I want them to have my wife's story. Here's my wife's story. She was born and raised in a Christian home. Heard about Jesus. You know how children are. You know Jesus loves you? Yes. Do you believe it? Yes. You know he died on the cross for you? Yes. 
Yeah. Would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Kids are so ahead of us. It's only adults that are confused about this. And my wife, as a young child, received Jesus Christ as her Savior. It was so real to her, she asked to be baptized. They baptized her as a child, and somewhere in her journey, it became her faith, not her parents. Friends, isn't that what you want for your kids and grandkids? Do you really want the drug dealer's testimony? Some of us are, have been through that. You, I know what I hear so much? I don't have a good, I don't have a good testimony. It makes me think, man, I wish I was addicted to crack. Is that really what you want? I don't think you do. You don't want to be a meth head. You don't want to do that. Trust me. We love all those great stories. My favorite stories are the kids who are born and raised in the church and receive Christ as their Savior. Man, that's a gift. How many of you born and raised in the church receive Christ as your Savior early? I never want to hear from you ever again that you don't have a good testimony. You know why you got a good testimony? And you need to tell it because of this. Look what it says. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the land and the word of their testimony. Tell your testimony. I challenge you to do that. This is what I'm trying to do. And I'll tell you what, I basically tried to quit going to church with my mom as much as possible. It was so boring to me. And I had like a rebel spirit anyway. But at some point, I figured out if I slept over a friend's house every Saturday, I wouldn't have to go to church. So I got out for a long time. My mom knew what I was up to. But she didn't want to force me to do it. And I remember I got away for a long time. Now, I totally respect what happened to my mom. I knew it was good. But I was like, no, I got to go party first. I'm, this is where I was headed. I was going to do all this stuff. And that's kind of where things stayed until I was about 15 years old. At the end of my freshman year, I was walking down the hallway at our high school. And can I show you the picture? Well, this is kind of what I looked like back then. Uh, you can go ahead and laugh at that because when I see that, I think 1981, long hair. 2024, longing for hair. <laughs> can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. And I was walking down the hallway with a Rolling Stone magazine, I love rock and roll. Well, and I and I got I'd been kicked out of a bunch of classes, and uh, they gave me study halls. And so I was walking down the hallway, and I was on my way to a study hall. I was going to read Rolling Stone magazine, and I heard the craziest thing in our public high school. I heard someone yell this. Hallelujah! Somebody said. And I went, how did my mother get into this school? <laughs> I mean, I was like, that's stuff that he said. Somebody else yelled, praise the Lord. I totally stopped, and I assessed what was going on in the hallway, and it, I saw immediately what was happening. There were these two kids. I, don't know, I didn't know who they were. They were carrying Bibles. I knew it because I know what a Bible is. My mom carries a Bible. And these two kids were publicly identifying with Jesus Christ in our public high school, and People weren't really praising the Lord. People were making fun of these guys. 
They were going, hallelujah, here comes the Jesus freaks. Holy, holy, holy. They were just yelling at him, right? You know, they were just having fun at him. And I was so intrigued about this conflict because these two guys were carrying their Bible and all these other kids were like just persecuting them, right? They weren't being physically, but they were just making fun of and being harassed by all this, this student body. And I just stepped back and I'm like, I'm watching this, right? Because I know who these guys are. My mom. Right there, that's who they are. They're followers of Jesus. And I thought to myself, these guys are going to be eaten up by the school body. And I just laid back and I just watched what happened. And another person grabbed, grabbed his Bible and tried to, you know, hey, hey, hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. He was mocking these guys. One of them said, praise the Lord. And this old boy that was a Christian, I mean, they, they, were, they were not embarrassed, they weren't mean, but with like steely-eyed confidence, this kid looks at everybody and he holds his Bible out and he says this. I didn't know it was a Bible verse because I didn't even know John 3.16 at this point, right? I mean, he holds it out and this is what he says. That's right, everybody who's mocking him. He goes, that's right. You know what the Bible says? Let everyone with breath praise the Lord. And, you know, I just kind of thought that they were going to, like, melt. I just thought they were going to, like, be ashamed. I thought they were going to shrink back in fear. But what I saw was some steely-eyed 16-year-old prophet who believed the word of God, and he said, go ahead and make fun of me because I know this is true, and even when you're mocking me, you're still praising God. And I did not expect that. I was like, wow, I thought these Christian kids were wussies. And I was like, wow, I did not expect that. It blew my mind. It, my mind just, right? I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I walk upstairs, and I go to the, uh, the room where I'm, I'm in my study hall, and I can't just get over this. I'm like, I start thinking about this. What was happening there? These guys are like, they're, you know what? It just began. I've never seen anybody in, in grade school. If somebody was a Christian in grade school, I didn't know who it was. If somebody was a Christian in junior high, I didn't know who it was. It was the first time I saw a Christian like in public school. And they, and they weren't jerks and they weren't wussies. They were just like, we're staying with Jesus. It was so compelling to me. I want you to seeing someone live their faith, right? Seeing someone live their faith was so compelling to me at 15 years old because I already knew it was real because my mom was so changed. But when I saw somebody living for Jesus my age, it was so compelling to me. I want you to see that a, I, words are beautiful, but a life is way better, right? A life is way better. When I saw these kids unashamed and identifying with Jesus publicly, no matter what everybody said about them, I, that night, without telling anybody anything, I said my first prayer. I already knew that Jesus was real, and I was like, Lord, I didn't really have a great prayer life at this point, and I never really talked to God before. I just looked up to the ceiling where I thought God might be, and I said, Lord... I'm ready to do business with you. <laughs> it's not a very good prayer. I don't recommend it. 
because it's not business. But I didn't know what else to say. But God looked at my heart, and I knew because of my mother, Jesus died on the cross for me and shed his blood. I knew all that, and I knew that's what was celebrated. And it was my way of saying, because I, I wasn't very articulate. It was my way of saying, Lord, if, if you can do this with my mom, and you can do this with me now, these guys, I, I'm in. It was so compelling, I didn't know what else to do. I, I just gave my life to Christ right there, even though I didn't have quite the words. Well, the next morning, I knew something was different. I woke up, and the first thing in my head was, you're in for Jesus now. You said you were in. And I was like, yes, I, yes, I am. So I go downstairs because my mom's been praying for me for years. Friends, if you're here today and your mother's praying for you, <laughs> you're on a short leash. If, you, if, you're, if your grandma's praying for you, let's just hit the knees right now and get it over with, right? I mean, she's not going to. Those grandmas have the ear of God. He listens to them. I walked downstairs and I said to my mom, there's my mom. About three or four years into her relationship with Jesus, I go, hey, mom, she's down there smoking. This is what my mom did every, every day. Smoked cigarettes and drank coffee and read her Bible. So I go downstairs. I got to keep this real, right? I, cannot, I don't want to clean this up for you. All right. Can you handle the truth? I go, hey, mom, you're not going to believe this. Yesterday, I met two guys like you who carry their Bibles, and they worship God, and they're not afraid to identify with Jesus. And she goes, really? I go, like, tell me more. Like, she's been praying about this, right? I go, I couldn't believe it. Everybody was making fun of them, and, man, all of a sudden, these guys were, like, quoting the Bible. And she goes, yes. And I go, I think last night I accepted Jesus as my Savior. My mom like a cat, jumped out of that chair and hugged me, almost burned me with her cigarette. She was so excited. <laughs> and she said, Billy, I am so glad to hear this. I have been praying for you. And those guys are the answer to my prayer. I want you to bring them over here. And I want to know who they are. And I want to say thank you to them. And I said, Mom, what am I supposed to do now? And she said, well, listen, you got to be in the Word of God. And she said, take my Bible. It was a King James zipper. Did you remember these old people? Uh, remember this, a zipper? And she said, I'm going to mark the, the, the book of John, and I want you to read the book of John. And I'm like, okay, i got a lot of study halls, so i got time. <laughs> right? Because I had... I, I never read a book in high school until I got saved, right? And I started reading the book of all books in the King's English. So she puts this bookmark in the book of John so I'd have a hard, easy time finding it. She zips it up and she gives it to me. So this is the truth. One day I'm over here. The next day I'm over here. I'm actually with my Bible. I sit on this bus. I got a long bus ride, right, from the projects where I live. And I unzip it and I start reading the gospel of John. Can I, tell you, can I tell you something? God's word began to speak to me. I had so many questions. My head was like, 
reading a couple chapters. And I'm like, I will be reading this the rest of the day. This is going to be awesome. So they pulled up, they pulled up in front of the high school, and there were the two guys waiting for me. I think they knew they had me. I was like blown away by them. And I came out, and they're like, there he is. And they came up to me. They wanted to start telling me about Jesus. And I took my mom's Bible, and I said, wait, wait, wait. I go, I think I just got saved, and I want to learn the Bible. And they're like, this is awesome, man. They were welcoming me in, and they said, dude, we're going to disciple you. And I said, no, you're not. And they said, yeah, man, we're going to disciple you. And I go, no, you're not. Because I didn't, I didn't know what discipling was, and I didn't want to be in a cult. So I, so I, I said, uh, I don't know what that is. He goes, oh, dude, he goes, listen, he goes, you got a Bible. We got our Bibles. We have the same lunch period. Let's have a Bible study. Okay, boom, that was the light bulb because that's what my mom was always doing, Bible studies. I didn't have a, a large vocabulary for all this stuff. And so I said, dude, I'll sit with you. I'll do it. I'll do it. For the next, I had so many questions. I'd read in study hall. I'd go to, I'd go to lunch and with these guys, and they would answer all my questions, and they're blown away by how they know Scripture. And then I'd go back to the study halls, and I did that for a couple of weeks. And what was interesting was I was a jock of baseball, basketball, and football, and I was a rude jerk. And um, I was over here with these new friends of mine and all my jock friends, It was like two weeks I'd been doing that, and they didn't even notice me. But all of a sudden, somebody must have said, hey, where's Allison at, man? Where is he at? And they looked over, and it was like, oh, he's over at the Sunday school table. Because that's what they called it, the Sunday school table. And they must have seen me over there. Well, on my way to study hall to read with my Bible, I got my Bible. I turned a corner, and I meet a sea of red and white jerseys. That's our school colors. And those were all my jock friends. Guy takes the Bible out of my hand. He goes, hey, man, I was Sunday school today, Billy boy. And he's teasing me, making fun of me. Another guy says, hallelujah, brother. One kid gets right in my face. Jesus loves me. This I know. You don't sing like that. They threw the Bible back at me. I, it shook me, though. I'd only been a Christian a couple weeks. I went up to the study hall. I put my head on my Bible, and I wept. I didn't like have little tears coming down. I went, (laughs) snot went everywhere. I tortured every teacher I ever had, and even my study hall teacher felt sorry for me. She didn't know what was wrong, and I was like, Hmm. I said, Jesus, I quit. Have you ever said that? I quit. This is too hard. And I looked at the clock, and I got 40 more minutes of the Bible. I was like, okay, I like this book. Let's keep going. By then, I had been through John. Then I asked my mom, what's the next book I should read? She said, read Matthew. And I started reading Matthew, and I'm like, hey, this is like John. At that point, I thought all 66 books were about Jesus' Gospels. I had no idea. But I happened to be in Matthew 5. And I looked down, and it says, Rejoice 
and be glad. And I'm like, why? When people persecute you and say evil things about you because of me. Wow. I was like, Jesus, I'm back in. No, seriously, right? And I've been a Christian now 45 years. I know. I look like I'm 20. Uh, you're shocked. I know. And here we are. And I have been at some brinks of trouble in my journey with Jesus. Can I get an amen from the crowd? You know what I mean. I have good moments and bad moments. But every time I was just about to give up something, you know what I found out? Every time God met me with his word. And that word sustained me in my journey. Now, friends, that was great for me. But check this out. At 18, I loved Jesus being my Savior. I loved following Jesus. But Jesus kept coming after more and more of my life. And at 18, I had like this moment where Jesus was, I was driving my car, and Jesus was, he was hitchhiking. Now forget, just for the sake of this story, that it's illegal to hitchhike in Illinois. Um, so here's Jesus, and I'm driving, and I like pull over my car, and I'm like, Jesus, you can get into my life, but you're going to get in the back seat. And Jesus on the side of the road's like this. Mm, no. No, you don't get to tell me what to do. I'm God, you're not. I'm like, okay, Jesus. Tell you what, close the back door. I'd like you to sit up here in front with me and you can be my advisor. Jesus on the side of the road, like, mm, that's not how this works. It dawned on me at 18, not only did Jesus want to save me, he wanted to be the Lord of my life. And boy, was that a struggle. Where I really struggled was, I don't know, I just didn't think Jesus would pick the right wife for me. I didn't know if he knew what I needed. I didn't know if he would understand that I got to do these things and I got my plan for my life. And you know what? We had a big fight about it, Jesus and I. You know who won, right? Because you can't win against Jesus. He is so patient. And something happened to me. And I got to this point where I'm like, Lord, I am all in. You are my boss. You are my God. You are the one that is going to, I'm going to be the servant. You're going to be the king. Right? Now, you know how this works. I get a little, every now and then I get, think it's about me. And God puts me in the headlock, comes back. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not the king. You are. You are. You are. Right? And I share that story with you, this whole story, because of this. By the word of their testimony, that's how they defeated Satan. Friends, I shared this with you, and I hope it encourages you. But there's some things I want to deal with today. I fear that some of you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the reason I believe that is because Jesus and Matthew said, there's a lot of people saying, Lord, Lord, but they don't know who I am. You can be in church and miss Jesus. 
Just because everybody else is receiving Christ doesn't mean you are. And so I'm always worried about church people. So I just want to encourage you today. This would be a good time. If you don't know if you know Christ as your Savior or you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you're, this would be a good time to do it. And I'll give you the opportunity to do it. But I'm also concerned about people who say, yeah, you know, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Check, check box. And you don't see any fruit of the Spirit in their life. And you don't see any passion for God's Word. And you don't see any concern for other people to know Christ. You got your little me and Jesus thing, and he understands how I am. My friends, it's not how it works. I wonder if some of you are driving the car of your life and you got Jesus in your trunk. You're not even going to let him in the seats. He wants out of there. And he doesn't want, you know what Jesus wants to do? This is kind of what we had to figure out. I had to figure out. I had to put the car in park, get out and sit in the back seat and let Jesus drive. That's what it means to make him Lord. I wonder if those of you who know Jesus as your Savior have not yet known him as Lord. This could be your day. So would you close your eyes and bow your heart? I'm certainly not going to guilt you, and I'm certainly not going to pressure you. That's not how this works. If your heart's ready to receive this, that's great. If not, you're still loved. And I hope you'll keep coming back to this church. If there's anybody here who has never received Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they would like to, it's this simple, friends, but it's not words. It's got to be your heart. I said my words, and I, I was sincere. I said, Lord, I'm ready to do business with you, but I actually knew Jesus died on the cross for me, but I had never accepted it. You could simply say right now, if you're wondering or if you know you're not a Christian, this would be a great moment. All you do is say, Lord, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and to be raised from the grave. I accept Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection as forgiveness for my sins. Can you say that to him right now, quietly in your heart? If some of you, God has been arm wrestling with you over, hey, you did receive Christ as your Savior, but you are in charge, not Jesus. I just want to say today's your day to put it in park, get in the back seat, and what I want you to pray, if you mean it, Jesus, you can drive my life. I'll sit in the back, you sit in the driver's seat. I dare you to tell Jesus that right now if you mean it. Lord, you know every heart. My prayer is that the gospel will be clear and that hearts will be ready to receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. 
I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just one quick thing. I'm, we're coming back February 24th to do how to help people find and follow Jesus. Hey, you're a follower of Jesus? Let's, let's learn to help other people find Jesus. And it's going to be February 24th. If you'd put that up for me real quick uh, so that they can see that. Would you grab your phone real quick and just... Put that on there right now so that you'll see a 13-minute audio that'll explain what we're going to do in February. I'm going to turn it over to the band. Feel free to respond whatever response you want to give.